Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lands. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Verse 24, Genesis 5. Enoch walked with God and God took him because apparently God said, this is about as close as we're going to get in this earthly sphere. So come on up here, Enoch. Let's have some tea. I don't know if he said that, but you know what I'm saying. There was a preacher some years ago. He was a southern preacher. He traveled around and he had a near-death experience. He went in for one of these operations where they open up the, the vein or the artery to your heart. And he was awake during the operation, which totally freaks me out. But anyway, so they went up his thigh in the operation, and they were opening up an artery. And the doctor said to him, oh, no, or something like that. And he was awake, so that's not good news. <laughs> so it's the doctor said, it's gone wrong. It's gone wrong. And bam, this pastor was somewhere else. He said he found himself walking in a place with Jesus that was as real to him as all of you are in this room. He said, he said all of a sudden I was translated and he said, I was walking with Jesus just like I had walked with him my whole life. And then he said, and then people prayed me back. <laughs> he said, I can't believe it. He said, well, I was walking and talking, but I was just about to get started, and bam, I was back in my body. Now, this is a pastor telling the story. I'd just take him at face value. Well, Enoch was walking with God, and God took him. Look at Hebrews 11. This is the great hall of faith, chronicling many different uh, heroes of the faith. Here, Enoch is mentioned. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken up. The word taken up is meta uh, I won't even try to pronounce it, <laughs> but it means to transfer or to transport. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. Here's a man in a genealogy where it says, and he died, and he died, and he died. And someone reading this or someone experiencing this might say, jeez, is this, is this it? We live and we die. And then all of a sudden, there's a man that shows up. He walks with God and he doesn't die. And we have to ask a question, well, what's going on here? Well, Enoch was transported that he should not see death, and he was not found, which seems to imply people were looking for him, which is kind of a crack up. Hey, anybody seen Enoch today? I don't know. I checked the closet. I checked the, the barn. <laughs> He's nowhere to be found. Enoch was gone. And notice it says that he was not found because God took him up, same Greek word, he transported him, for he obtained the witness that before he was taken up, he was what? He was pleasing to God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who seek him, or the New King James, I think, says, who diligently seek him. What do we know about Enoch? What's the lesson? What can we learn? Enoch walked by faith. He pleased God, and he sought God. 
And it is possible for you to do all of those things today. Because Enoch was a man just like you. He was not sinless. He was not perfect. But he made a decision. And it apparently he made it after the birth of Methuselah. And the decision he made was to walk with God. But here's another interesting fact. Methuselah, according to many scholars, his name means his death will bring it. You might want to write that down. Methuselah ties to the, the word, the root word for death, which is moot. Methuselah, his death shall bring it. Bring what, you might ask? Well, in Jewish literature, in wisdom literature, the, the word goes like this. Enoch got a prophecy that when that son, Methuselah, died, the flood was coming. Now, you might ask, whoa, was it just the, the birth of a child that turned his life around? I think that's enough. But apparently he got a prophecy too, Enoch did. And the prophecy was when Methuselah dies, I'm bringing a cataclysmic judgment. Would that change your life? If your child's life and death was tied to a flood, would you straighten up? I hope so. Could you imagine if Methuselah was playing in the tree? Hey, Dad, Methuselah's up in the tree. No! We're not ready. <laughs> I would be a kid you'd really want to take care of. Make sure he ate his vegetables. All that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So Methuselah's name becomes a prophecy. And in fact, when you chronicle the years... The flood came in the year of Methuselah's death. Now, you want to talk about a reason to change? You want to talk about some motivation to live a godly life? The Bible says, We who have this hope of the second coming purify ourselves just as he is pure. 1 John 3, 3. Peter says, since all these things are going to be destroyed in this way, 2 Peter 3.11, what kind of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? 2 Peter 3.11. Peter says, this stuff's going to burn. And now we're looking forward to a second coming, and we know what that means. It means a judgment of the wicked and a rescue of the righteous. And some of us believe, prophetically, that that could be in our lifetime. We don't know for sure, but we sure see some interesting signs. And Jesus says, just as it was in the days of Noah, and Noah's going to be the next character on our list, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. He says it in Luke 17. He says it in Matthew 24. The world conditions, how people are living and what they're doing is going to be similar at his second coming as it was back in the day before the flood. And even the ark becomes a symbol of hope as Noah and his three sons and their wives are rescued. You see, when you start looking at what's at stake, you start asking big, bigger questions about your walk. I'm going to take you to just a few parallel passages. If you want to turn with me, you can. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. If you want to just listen and you're not quite there with your Bible books yet, Colossians 2, 6 and 7, just listen to it. 
Paul writing to the Colossian church says, as therefore you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, Colossians 2.6, so walk in him. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. If you want to have a good walk, get your roots deep. Get the word of God deep into your heart. Don't spend time on things that are nonsense and a waste of time. In fact, the next verse Paul's going to say, don't be captivated by earthly philosophies and so-called wisdom because they're a waste of time. If you look at Galatians, just go back a little bit more towards the gospel. Gospels, Galatians 5.16, it says this. Galatians 5.16, it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. You want to know how not to give into your flesh? Galatians 5.16 tells you, walk by the Spirit. And you will not carry out the desires of your flesh. Does your flesh have desires? Of course it does. And they're not, typically, not in keeping with God. Uh, Galatians 5.25 says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Turn to Ephesians. Just one book to the right. Ephesians 2. Look at verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 10. It says, We are His, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, Ephesians 2.10, that we should, what? Walk in them. And then look at Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, entreat you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Ephesians 4, verse 2. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing forbearance to one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. How's your walk? How can two walk together unless they be agreed? So who you walk with and how you walk is so huge. Now this prophecy I had mentioned in the book of Jude all the way before the book of Revelation. Uh, go there if you would. Jude and then Revelation. I want to show you this prophecy. It's actually recorded in an apocryphal book in probably the first century before Christ. But the prophecy goes way back, and it's not inspired scripture, but it is quoted by a New Testament writer. It was known at the time, and here's what it says. This is Jude, verse 14. And about these, also Enoch, Jude, verse 14. By the way, I just want to park here for a second. I do this to you on purpose. I could put the scriptures up on the screen but I don't want to do that, and I'll tell you why. I want you to get used to navigating your Bible. And, you know, I think it's so valuable to learn this way. I want to just park for a second because some of you may be struggling with this, and I want to tell you that when I was in uh, church some years ago, I didn't know all the books of the Bible. I didn't learn that song in Sunday school. So when the preacher would say to turn to a book, sometimes I would act like I knew where it was. You know, and the person next to me would go right to that book, and I'd be going, "Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to check this book out first, and then I'll, then I'll be over there." What, what page number are you on? It's all right. We're all learning. Here's a reality about your walk. Every child's got to learn how to walk, right? It, 
and when, when a child walks, isn't that a huge moment? They're like a drunken sailor. <laughs> Got to keep the camera with them. You're hoping that they don't go down. By the time the, you know, you're, you're patting everything, by the time the third one comes, you just say, just let them fall. It's not, not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> then you're, how many of you had this? Kids walk around with a huge goose egg on their head all the time. Learning how to walk, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and some of you are like that. You walk into places and you got a huge bump on your head and somebody says to you, learn how to walk. Yeah. It's all right, we all got to learn. That's why you're here, I hope. This is a place for people who are in process. It's all right. You can come here just as you are. Amen? We're all learning. So here's the prophecy. And it says about these, and in the context it's false teachers, Enoch in the seventh generation, he was the seventh of the ten listed in Genesis 5, from Adam prophesied saying, he was apparently a preacher as well, behold the Lord came, or he is coming with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all to convict all the ungodly of their ungodly deeds which they have done in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him that is against God. Back to Genesis 5 and we'll finish. Here's the point. There was a prophecy given to Enoch tied to the name of his son Methuselah but also tied to the condition of the world, the line of Cain, all the violence, all the stuff. And here's what it was. The Lord's going to come. And apparently Enoch's uh, prophecy, a very old prophecy, was about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Because it's recorded in the book of Jude as something that is going to happen. And Enoch walked with God and his life would, was changed. And then he was taken. Enoch exited stage left. Do you know, all of us are going to make an exit one day. The question is, where are you going to end up when you make that exit? Well, Enoch was walking with God, so we know where he ended up. God took him, apparently took him to his side. There's only one other man that we know of in the Old Testament scriptures where this happened, and it's about 2,500 years later, and his name was Elijah. And Elijah was training Elisha, and uh, a fiery chariot, sh chariot showed up and Elisha went up in the whirlwind and he was taken. And in Revelation 11, this is an interesting side note, two witnesses show up in the last days in the end times and they're doing these incredible miracles. Nobody can kill them. In fact, one of them has fire come out of his mouth whenever he wants fire to come out to consume his adversaries now that would be a cool power to have you want to talk about holy halitosis batman i mean this, this is it somebody gets a little cross with you <laughs> Woo! i'm not sure how popular you'd be but if anybody's having problems they probably invite you along <laughs> Power. 
And people, people say, well, it's appointed unto a man once to die and then comes the judgment. So the people who appear in, in Revelation 11 must be Enoch and Elijah because they never died. And they're going to die there after they prophesy for three and a half years. That's interesting. But I think the message is not only about that, but it is to us. There is a generation coming that's going to experience what we call the rapture. And Paul says, behold, I tell you a mystery. We are not all going to sleep. We're not all going to die. But we're going to be changed in a moment at the twinkling of an eye in a split second. And this mortal will put on immortality. There's going to be a generation prefigured by Enoch and even Elijah that will not die. They will be translated. They will be transported. They will be metamorphosized into resurrection bodies. And it will happen at the coming of Jesus Christ. You can read later 1 Corinthians 15. I think it's 20 through 23. And 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 58. And there, this is a foretaste there's a generation that's not going to die. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, he will live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Do you believe that? And the apostle said, speaking for many people, Lord, we don't know where you're going how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life, and no one is coming to the Father except through me. We're in Genesis 5. Isn't it amazing what the Bible reveals? Enoch walks with God. He has this child that changes his life. And now let's just move down in the text, Genesis 5, 28. And Lamech lived 182 years. Lamech's name means despairing. He lived 182 years. He became the father of a son. Now he called his name Noah. Noah's going to become the center of what's ahead for us in the next chapter. Noah's name, Lamech's name means despairing. Write it down. Noah's name means rest or comfort. Rest or comfort. Notice this explanation saying, This one, that's Noah, shall give us rest from our work and from the toil of our hands. Notice this. Arising from the ground which the Lord has cursed. We might just ask an upfront question. How did Noah bring people rest? Hmm. We'll dig that out next time. Then Lamech lived 595 years after he became the father of Noah. He had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Lamech, interestingly enough, were 777 years, and here it is again. And he died, and Noah was 500 years old, and Noah became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, which will also become the center of what's ahead. Noah's life will become a message. He will get into an ark and judgment will come. This is the list of names, 10 generations of pre-flood patriarchs from the line of Seth. And it culminates in Noah's name, which means rest. I want to credit Chuck Missler with the next slide, if you guys can put it up there for me. 
Um, this is the combination of names in the genealogy that uh, now comes to the surface. And it's from Hebrew to English. I hope you can read it. Adam's name means man, Seth appointed, Enosh mortal, Canaan sorrow, Mahalalel, the blessed God, Jared shall come down, Enoch means teaching, Methuselah, his death shall bring, Lamech, the despairing, and Noah means rest or comfort. You put it all together, here's how it reads. Man appointed mortal sorrow, the blessed God shall come down, teaching, his death shall bring the despairing rest or comfort. Uh, wow. Like, is that cool or what? And even in a chapter where it says over and over again, and he died, and he died, and he died, God says, that's not the end of the story. Death will be defeated in the resurrection. And Jesus said, because I live... You will live also. Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it again. And he did it. In the very history in which we are embedded, my brothers and sisters, he rose from the dead. He was clinically dead and he is alive again. And he still saves. And if you will cry out to him, and jump on the Jesus train instead of the Cain train. You will find your ticket's been punched by the blood of the Lamb. And then he will radically save you and change your direction. He'll make you a new creation in Christ Jesus. He'll show you things that you've never known before. He'll rescue you from the laws of sin and death. But not only that, not only will he give you a ticket to the best place of all, but he'll show you a life now that's worth living. You know, uh, when I was younger, I had a lot of trinkets. I was making some good money in my early 20s. I was a, a good athlete and pursuing a baseball career and all that stuff. But there were many times when I would come to the end of a week or a party and I would look in the mirror and there was a gnawing emptiness in my soul. And I would try to fill it with all these different things. And there, here's where all my friends are going. Here's what everybody else is doing. Everybody else is smiling and laughing and having a good time. But I would go home and I would look at my face in the mirror and I would say, I'm a fraud because I'm empty on the inside. And I heard a message of hope about a God who loves me and cares about me and will take me and to places I've never known and give me gifts and use me for the glory of his kingdom, for something that will last beyond the temporal and all the stuff that's going on. And I have to tell you that if you're going to walk with him, you're going to be the exception. You all realize that? If you want to be serious about your walk with Jesus, you're going to be swimming against the tide. But that's all right. Because where is the tide taking most people anyway? Chuck Smith used to say, any dead fish can float downstream. All you have to do is lay there. It takes a healthy one to swim against the tide. You may be saying, well, I'm struggling with that, Pastor Michael. To swim against the tide is hard, I know. But you're not alone. 
And you have a power from Almighty God, but it starts with trusting him and knowing him. Do you know him? That's my question. If you know him, get closer to him because he wants to know you better. And he wants, he already knows you the best he can, but he wants you to know him better. Would you pray with me, Father? Just thank you for this message. Thank you for the rich beauty of the scriptures. There's no one who could ever convince us that this is not inspired. I mean, what an incredible truth that in the name of these 10 generations, we see a message of the gospel. It's just as though you were saying, if if what's on the surface is not enough, dig a little deeper and I'll show you more. And what we discover, Lord, in the scripture is so amazing. This book is divine. It changes lives because it's breathed out by you. It's about you. You would like to say that if the Lord should tarry in seven generations from now, if the planet is still here and the United States still exists and whatever, that those children of your children would be serving God. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's part of what we think about when we think about genealogical lists. And we know that this is, you know, for these, um, there's going to be one family, basically, that follows God. And the rest of society is going to perish in a flood. Mm. And so when you start thinking about what really matters, what really matters is that the message of God gets conveyed and, and in such a strong way. And it's not just about, it, it is about your example. It is about your teaching. Those are very important. Deuteronomy 6 tells us that we're to teach our children these truths while we walk by the way, etc. But it's also our prayers. I, I think us praying for future generations, even if we have prodigals in our you know, family tree, as it were, that we'd be praying that they would return to following Christ and be with him and not perish in the judgment as well, which we know there's another judgment coming and it's a type of the flood, right? Mm-hmm. The first time the earth perished by water, what's coming is a judgment by fire. And whatever generation may be here at that time, whether it's this one or, or one a hundred years from now or a thousand years, we'd want that generation to be found faithful and uh, found, find grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now that's, you know, and obviously it's God's sovereignty, but I still believe that the legacy and the mark we leave impacts that. So I think that's a big, a big thought. I appreciate your mentioning in prayer because I do recall seeing my grandparents when I was younger and their prayers they would faithfully each night pray, say their prayers. And from their example, I gleaned on that. And um, in the young lives of my grandsons, I prayed for them. And I've never been more prouder for them now as they are in their teens. Mm-hmm. So just seeing how they love God and they're fearful of God now, whereas they could have gone the other way in their lives. So... That matters a lot, too, like you mentioned, prayer. Lift up our children and our children's children. People underestimate sometimes, Oscar, the power of their individual life and life choices. And it doesn't mean that your story has to be perfect, but at some point, if you repented and received Christ, there's all of a sudden a new direction. You become a new creation in Christ, and now there's a new path that's illuminated. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org 
and click on the Church tab. You can follow us on Instagram, at Living Truth Corona, or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.